The following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. Johnson, bitch. Welcome, everybody. Hot <laughs> <laughs> opener. Welcome to Retro Pop, mother. Uh, I am Matt Johnson, and I am joined by my good pal, uh, Mr. Johnny Townsend. Johnny, hello. How are you? Is Johnny Townsend going to have to choke a bitch? <laughs> <Is> that- <laughs> <laughs> I still remember. That line destroying me because I was a, a big Who's Line Is It Anyway fan. Oh, so, so I, I was well aware of who Wayne Brady was, and he had such a great image about himself. He was pure. And, he was pure. <laughs> goes out and he says that one of the greatest lines <laughs> in television history. Oh, <laughs> uh, it, was, it was so good. So good. Of course, we are not talking about Wade Brady, but uh, Dave Chappelle, the man, uh, the myth, the legend uh, behind the Chappelle show, as well as uh, many, many other great comedic projects. That is what we are talking about, who we are talking about on today's episode um, in the start of our month of comedy, comics, stand up comedy. I guess really nothing specific, just comedy in general. Yeah. Uh, and I get to have choice. I got to kick us off. And I was like, man, there's so many great comedians. Who do I choose from? Uh, I was split between Eddie Murphy. Wow, uh, good one too. Yeah. Yeah. Eddie Murphy would have been really good. Um, oh God, there's so many. Now I'm forgetting them. Uh, Richard Pryor. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, his name rhymes with, uh, his name rhymes with. Sil Bosby. Um, you know, he did some pretty good. Yeah, it's not ringing a bell. Oh. Um, <laughs> Stand up comedy was good. Uh, oh, Stand up comedy was, was fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. But man, our heroes truly fall sometimes. They, they, they fall. <laughs> and Chappelle himself is not without controversy. But no, uh, that's true. I think that's why I love him so much. And obviously, we'll talk about that. But no, nobody is perfect, right? No, no entertainment person yeah. is perfect. They love you until they hate you. Uh, that's that's been one of those things. I think that's why Dave Chappelle is and it stands out so much in in the world of comedy. So um, he is who we're going to be uh, biographing. Yes, that's a word today. I like it. You like it. So let us get into our personal history with Dave Chappelle. Chappelle show, Chappelle show, Chappelle show, Chappelle show, Chappelle show. Oh. Yeah, yeah. 
Let's start the show. All right. So much like this episode started, my knowledge of Dave Chappelle started late middle school, early high school, when I'm in the hallways, walking around, walking around, and people are just randomly just saying, I'm Rick James, bitch. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like, what is this? I have no idea. Because, again, I don't watch a whole lot of TV at this. My extensive TV is cartoons and pro wrestling. I have no idea what's going on. Um, and they're like, you never heard of the Chappelle show before? I'm like, no, what is it? They point me in the direction. And uh, it's actually one of like the first adult things I started watching with like my parents. Like I was allowed to watch with my parents, which is weird. The The first episode we ever watched was the racial draft. And, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and uh well, yeah, we turn it on just in time. I mean, this is that segment's great as it is. Bill Burr, a young Bill Burr with hair is in it. Yeah. And it's just so many just good things. But, I, you know, I keep hearing all these 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 references uh, to the Chappelle show throughout school. So I watch more. I just become obsessed. I'm watching every single night I possibly can reruns, whatever it is. And I'm like, this stuff is good. I. I always liked his approach on comedy that nobody is safe. Everybody is game. I'm making fun of everybody. I don't care who you are. I'm going to make yeah, fun it's of sort of the sort of the South Park. Tech yes. Tactic, right? that's, why not, that's why South Park gets a pass a lot of times, despite the <laughs> jokes that they make. And it's because it's sort of equal opportunity to everyone is kind of under the barrel at some point. It hundred percent is. I mean, Chappelle's show did that perfectly. They did what was it? The music one. They did the music one. Was it John Mayer? Well, that's a really good one. <laughs> that's yeah. a really that's an underrated skit. Yeah, well, uh, I think John Mayer to different places where you wouldn't <laughs> expect John Mayer to be. Yeah, the barber shop. I think it yeah. was uh, somewhere else in in like Spanish Harlem, something like that. But yeah. just just around different races, and I'm like, this is a really good approach to 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 comedy. I feel. Uh, people play it safe and that's you know up to, up to them but i i feel i i like i like comedians that make you think i've always li- liked comedians that really make you think like they say something and then there's an underlying truth in everything that they say yeah George that's Co- why you that's why you like me yeah i do i do because my, my comedy is very much a make you think it's not just terrible dad puns 24 <laughs> 7 <laughs> There's yeah. reason behind my dad puns. There's some good ones too. I have I have endured some classics over the years, my friend. Um, <laughs> yeah, Carlin. You're talking about Carlin. Car- Carlin, yes, George Carlin. I love George Carlin because he would blow your mind and then make you laugh while doing it. Yeah. Um, and I feel like Chappelle is the mo- like a modern day answer to that because he brings truth. He brings society. He brings um world real world events into uh all of his comedy. You know, whether it be, uh, you know, uh, the the Jesse Smollett, you know, incident or, um, you know, he'll find a way to make fun of white like Donald Trump supporters. Like, he'll just find a way to find that balance where everybody gets a hit. And you're just like, you just got to sit and laugh. You know, it's 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 entertaining stuff. At least I think so. Um, so Chappelle has always been like that, like. In a world. In a world where a lot of stand-up comedians kind of feel similar, uh, I've always felt like Chappelle has found a way to make himself stand out, and he's 
he somehow found a way to be uncancelable, which more power. Well, I think that's I think that's more from the point where he's reached that uh point of I don't care. <laughs> I mean, partly that, yeah. I mean, I mean, a- he, I mean he shows his full stage like smoking, right? <laughs> yeah, literally smoking a cigar or a cigarette in this day and age, which is not that it's not that you obviously, obviously you can do it. But it's just much like they don't even like if you have that on a television show, they got to put that in a rating that hey, this has smoking in it. Right, you know? right. That's that's just the where we live, and the he'll show up on stage just <laughs> token away. <laughs> he does not care. <laughs> he does like, not. I, I was first aware of Chappelle during a little movie that was one of my favorites of my childhood, that was called Robin Hood Men in Tights. I too. <laughs> bless you yeah <laughs> it's so uh, by the way i remember i haven't watched the movie in a long time i need to go back and watch it but i remember it was in the era when i was discovering my love for uh really stupid comedy movies like airplane and uh and the naked gun films and then yes. of course the robin hood movie shows up and i remember thinking this movie is fantastic and dave chappelle Who's only nineteen, by the way, in that movie? He's crazy, really young. Uh, is is in this movie, and he's fantastic in it. So, I was actually, uh, by the time the Chappelle Show showed up, I was already a pretty avid watcher of Comedy Central because this is the era in which they really embraced their stand-up comedy roots. They would have a lot of stand-up comedy shows. Yeah. I mean, that's how I discovered. Uh, Jim Gavigan, Bill Burr, you know, uh, Dimitri Martin, the list goes on and on of these stand-ups that I would grow to be like, wow, these people are incredible. Uh, and it's all because of Comedy Central. And then they were like, hey, we're going to have this new sketch show, uh, and it's Chappelle. And uh, the, I I think it's the first episode, the very first episode. It's one of the first ones where Dave Chappelle plays a white supremacist. He's blind. <laughs> That's the first thing I ever saw of it, and I was hooked just because it's incredible. And man, and what a show too! Like it lasts three seasons. He gets a huge, huge payment. Like Comedy Central was like, "This thing is so big, we're going to give you all this money." And then he, what's he do? He disappears. He leaves the country. If I'm thinking right, yeah. And because he has like. Yeah, and just that was that's the end of the Chappelle show. Uh, it's such a wild way to go, and then he resurfaces and comes back. But what a story, man! I love comedy. It's uh, it's probably one of the biggest essences of who I am as a person. Yeah, is comedy. Uh, it's it's just something that I've always gravitated toward. I love it. I st- I study it. As weird as that may sound, uh, but it's just incredible. And you're right. There are different types of comedians. And I think there's a place for all of them. There's plenty of comedians who I like who are, I guess you would label safe, who I think are very, very good. You know, Brian Regan's incredible. And uh, Jim Gaffigan is also another one who's really good, who I think a lot of people consider safe. But For sure. And then you also have ones like Dave Chappelle, uh, Bill Burr, those kind of guys who are very on the edge, I think, and they're making points with their comedy, but it's still comedy. Yes, uh, and and it's at the end of the day, it's jokes, uh, and well, I know we'll get into it, but anytime you're doing comedy and you're quote unquote edgy, 
there's a chance that uh, some people aren't going to like it and some people might be hurt and offended. Um, when I was in uh, high school going into my early 20s, that's when I was in my uh, comedy persona of, of uh, what well, can we say this, being really, really like shock jockey, you know, that type of stuff. Like if I can offend you and it's funny, yeah. you know, then that's that's me doing my job. And then as I got old, and I'm old now, I'm way more, uh, find it way more funny to make fun of myself because I know I can take it. And one time I made, one time I'd made a joke and it was really, it was not a good one. I'm not proud of it, but I thought it was funny at the time. And it was uh, to a friend of mine and they came to me later to decide and said, man, that really, that really hurt my feelings. Cause it was, it was about them and who they were as right. a person. And I felt like, like so small. Cause I didn't mean to hurt that person's feelings. I thought it was just a joke. And I know they knew it was a joke, but that doesn't mean it didn't hurt them. And uh, that kind of changed me a little bit was that. And, um, but that's for me. I am very curious as to where Chappelle is going to go from here. Uh, because comedy is this weird thing of it, it, what are we okay with being a joke and what we're not okay with being a joke. You know, there's a lot of quote-unquote rules of comedy. Like, how long can you make a joke about a tragedy that that's happened? Then you know, right? What? How long is the wait time? Right? Yeah. What's the wait time? Like, I think now uh, it's appropriate for us that we can make jokes about Lincoln, you know, getting shot in the theater, that type of thing. Like, yeah, that's okay now because it's been over a hundred years. <laughs> right. But, right. Uh, but yeah, it's it's so weird. There's a lot of comedians who are way more about. I'm gonna if I think it's funny. I'm gonna I'm gonna do it, and I yeah. think it's where Chappelle kind of comes in here. So I've always liked his comedy. I honestly haven't seen his newest newest stuff, but uh, that's just because I've I just haven't gotten to it. It's not because I've I'm better than it or anything like that. So, uh, but I'm very excited to talk about this, and especially the Chappelle Show, which is one of, in my opinion, one of the greatest sketch comedy shows of all time. Uh, it's definitely it would definitely be not my number one if I had to pick like just just no thought without it have to be my number one. I know there's SNL and and Mad TV and all that, but I there's something about Chappelle's show. I think and we, again we'll talk about it maybe the the, the pop culture perspective, but um, he just left on top, so he wanted you craving he had you craving for more. Um, yeah, most people kind of burnt out. <laughs> Yeah, just overstay their welcome, and you can't say that he did that with the Chappelle show. He definitely left when it was kind of at its. Uh, I would dare say what even really hit its top yet, like it was climbing toward the uh, apex, just getting and, there. And he was like, "Well, gotta go." <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. So there is our personal history with Mister Dave Chappelle. Let us move on to his history, um, of of living stuff. Darkness, everybody! Dark, everyone, darkness is spreading! What is the five fingers? Say to the face! What? Slap! Everybody! King Kong ain't got shit on me! All right, everybody, Dave. 
Carrie or Carrie Weber Chappelle was born on August 24th, 1973 in Washington, D.C. His dad, William David Chappelle III, he was a professor of vocal performance as well as the dean of students at Antioch College in Yellow Springs, Ohio. His mother, Yvonne um, Sayan, uh, she worked for Congolese Prime Minister Patrice uh, Lumumba. And as a, uh, she's also a Unitarian Universalist minister and worked as a professor and university administrator at various places. Um, obviously, very accomplished parents, right? Very busy, very, uh, you know, just well-made-off parents. Uh, and yeah, his parents, when he was young, he, uh, you know, they, they separated. He would stay with his mom through the school year. And he would spend his summers with his dad in Ohio. And um, and that's kind of how he balanced his time. But from a very early age, comedy was one of his first loves. And uh, he found a lot of inspiration, which you can kind of, I think you'd probably tell from just his style and, and whatnot. But um, Eddie Murphy, Eddie Murphy uh, and, and Richard Pryor, Eddie Murphy is like, and I could see, I, I could definitely see the Eddie Murphy connection. Richard Pryor's to say some wild stuff too, but I could definitely see the Eddie Murphy, especially early Eddie Murphy stand up, um, where he <laughs> really pushed the boundaries. And he was um, huge too. Like Eddie yeah. Murphy's comedy specials were like uh, pop culture moments. Yeah. Like how big, I mean, even that Sooty War for one of them is like a moment, right? Yeah, they like have like very, the, the the orange. Like it's like the orange. It's it's just a, a suit that really stands out. Yeah. Um, just look up Eddie Murphy's suit, and I guarantee it's probably one of the first things that pops up. But, I think it's yeah. from was it Raw? Was that the yeah. first one? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he was hum- he was a humongous star. No, for sure. Uh, he would he did great impressions, really good impressions, etc. And I I could I could probably see where Dave Chappelle found some inspiration in that. But um, but that was a big early influence. It's something he wanted to pursue. Uh, so he started to make some pushes after high school. Um, and uh, after high school in uh, 1991, he uh, started to pursue it. Um, ABC's America's Funniest People, which debuted in. Oh, so we started a little bit early, 1990. Um, he was featured. He did. A, he was in a montage of random people telling a joke in the very first episode, which is pretty cool. Uh, but he moved to New York City to, to pursue his career as a comedian. And uh, his first night, oof, not great. Uh, he went to perform at the Harlem Apollo Theater uh, for Amateur Night and was booed off the stage. And instead of letting that beat him down, he goes, okay, I want to do this. Which is great, which is admirable, especially at that at that age. I know who I was as a person, and if I get booed off the stage, I'm never doing stand up again. Here's uh, what you need to know when it comes to comedy: all it takes is to get just one laugh, and if that's for you, it's going to hit you like ding, ding, ding. Yeah, this is this is for me and what I'm meant for. <laughs> I have a very distinct memory of. I don't remember what the joke was, but I was in middle school and the teacher had said something and I some smart Alec re- remark, but the whole class laughed and ding, 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 ding. I was like, oh, that's who I am. Yeah. And you're all you're always craving for that. That next yeah. laugh. You're always trying to chase it. 
And, for better or for worse, too. Yeah. And I I think I've told this did I tell this on this show before. But there was a time where I was considering doing stand up because I was always the guy that all your friends say you should do stand up, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. And I went one time to see a stand up show. It was a very small show. It was no big names. These people, the Joe Zimmerman, I think he's going to be somebody. He's really good. He's been on uh, like the late the Tonight Show and stuff like that, doing his stand up. But he was there, and I got to talk to him afterwards. And he thought I was pretty funny. And he said you should try it. And the one time, and it was not even a big thing. Like there was hardly anybody there, and I bombed so bad, Matt, that I was like, I don't know if stand-up comedy is for me i gotta pursue a different avenue of comedy so that's how i know that's why i have so much more appreciation for these people because every comedian ever i don't care who they are has bombed in front of a a bunch of people and how you react to that is what sort of will make your career of whatever it is so the fact that he bombs so bad on his first try and and instead of like just uh taking his suitcase and uh, you know going to say hey well i guess this is not for me <laughs> like i did he was like no i'm i can do this and i want to do this and he yeah. pursues it yeah that's uh, that's so admirable to me and again especially at that age too uh, especially at that age too that just goes to show you he had his head on right right out of the gate um and that's how you know he wanted it he wanted it bad. Yeah. Uh, so he did that. He, he, and then he just kept going. He would just do open mic nights occasionally. He'd bounce around. He'd go to Boston. He'd do a bunch of various other places. Um, and then he started to kind of catch on a little bit. He appeared on Def Comedy Jam in 1992. And uh, that's when his star started to rise a little bit. He starts to get noticed. And then they start. Uh, he starts getting calls. He went, He's invited to Politically Incorrect, Late Show with Letterman, uh, Howard Stern, Late Night with Conan O'Brien, Whoopi Go- uh, and stuff like that. Um, and he got some love for Whoopi Goldberg. Who doesn't love Whoopi Goldberg, right? She was a megastar in the 1990s. Great nun. Great, fantastic nun. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, she gave him the uh, old thumbs up and just nicknamed him the kid. And uh, And eventually he got his first movie gig which is really cool. And of course, Johnny mentioned it already. It was uh, Robin Hood men in tights at Mel Brooks. Absolute classic. See, I didn't come around. I didn't, I obviously knew it was, I knew of the movie, but I didn't realize it was like Dave Chappelle. So that movie, like <laughs> seeing him in that movie had such a better impact for me post Chappelle show. Yeah. Um, and really understanding who he was as a comedian. Cause that, it, that is his first, like that's his first movie. And that dude, that is the coolest feeling. And this this movie is one you're working with Mel Brooks, who is yeah. one of the best. If you, yeah, if you love comedy, that's a that's a living legend, right there. Hundred percent. And you get you get this role, and uh, it's so good. Um, but yeah, he's 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 in the mix. He's doing a bunch of different things. Uh, he gets offered a role in Forrest Gump, and, and which he ends up turning down. But um, but he he the fact that he's getting noticed for these roles is is massive to him. Various television appearances, um, uh, you know, Home Improvement, which is a major show. I absolutely love. Yeah, that he's show. on there. I remember uh, rewatching that recently, like a year or two ago, and I because when I'd seen it, I was a kid and I was not aware of Chappelle. 
So when I saw that and I was like, holy crap, that's Dave Chappelle. Yeah. He kind of pops up on an episode. Isn't that he's cool? Mad at, he's mad at his wife or something. I can't remember. He's complaining <laughs> about his wife on the on the tool time. Like, oh, wow. That's Dave Chappelle. <laughs> Uh, here's another thing that surprised uh, I completely forgot about. He was in the Nutty Professor. Oh yeah, I haven't seen that in a long time. He was the stand-up comedian with the with the all the movements and making fun of everybody. The insult comic. Yeah, and uh, and I was like, whoa, I've really known about him for a long time. Um, but yeah, he did some great stuff. He also got some. Uh, he got got his first. Hour-long HBO special in 2000, uh, Dave Chappelle's Killing Him Softly, in uh, which was filmed in his hometown of Washington, D.C. So um, so really good stuff there, really good stuff. But here we go. The Chappelle Show. All right, 2003. Uh, this is, this is the, the, the really beginning of the peak, right, of him. I feel like every really, really good comedian gets their own spinoff show at some point, like their own sketch comedy show. Mina Mencia did it, or Carlos Mencia did it, and then um, he flamed then, yeah. out. Uh, well, he flamed out because he he may or may not be in the stilling material. But yes. uh, uh, Jim Gaffigan had a show for a little Jim while. Jim Gaffigan, a, a lot of them do. I mean, even the you know Jerry Seinfeld, literally, that's what Seinfeld is. It came from the fact they saw him doing stand-up, and it's all based around his stand-up. Yeah, so yeah. it's... It was kind of the biggest goal was to be, to be like, hey, get your own show based on your stand-up. Yes, absolutely. And it, I mean, Tim work. Allen, Home Improvement. We were just talking about Home Improvement. That's kind of where it came from. So, hundred percent. And Roseanne, every, literally everybody. I feel like if you're the best comedian, they want you to do your own TV shows. Yeah. So, um, but Chappelle's show drops on Comedy Central, and you know, again, it's it's praised because it 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 deals with. It turns comedy and, and parodies, racial stereotypes, politics, and pop culture. Black George Bush episode, like at right at the time, right the Black George Bush, Black Tony, Tony Blair, where they're they're parodying those two. Him and Jamie Foxx are parodying those two during the whole war in Iraq. Oil, oil, somebody cooking, <laughs> you know, just just stuff like that. And uh, Paul Mooney was was really great in it. Um, it's. This is going to be my did you notice, but I think I'm just going to say it here. The reason that the Wayne Brady sketch even happened is because Wayne Brady loved the Chappelle show. And on one of the early episodes, there's a certain they'd always do these Paul Mooney talking head segments where he would just say these really great lines. And one of them was about how safe basically I'm not I'm not going to say because I'll butcher it. But the gist of it was Wayne Brady uh, was safe. like He's a safe person. Right. Made somebody look like Malcolm X or something. Yeah. Like yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so he's like, man, I gotta. So he gets in touch with Chappelle, says, "Hey, <laughs> put me in one of these sketches," and that's where we get the very famous Wayne Brady sketch, where he's uh, driving around, shooting people, cussing, and it's really it's a standout moment. One of my favorite sketches of anything is that one. It's it's really good. I I, I used it as uh when I was doing the two point Facebook page, I used the uh the drive-by one that when he the <laughs> drive-by part and yeah. I just cut out the Wayne Brady and I just use it as I, I just like put like Tom Brady over it. So, <laughs> so, it's so Brady it's, it's going to go, have to, <laughs> it's, Oh, sh- it's Brady son. And then <laughs> <laughs> the best special effects I have to say um, in this show, this is the best in, in 
I'm eating worse. Um, <laughs> just such low budget stuff. And it's so fun. It's so fun. I, I really can't name a bad sketch. I have them, but I have it all on DVD and I watch it occasionally pop it up on YouTube. The Grand Theft Auto one was mind blowing. I, I thought that was the coolest thing you ever, where he's just switching weapons randomly. Yeah. yeah, I had all three of them for a long, long time and I would watch them because they came with some pretty sweet extras, too, if I'm yes. thinking correctly. Yes, yeah. they did. Um that might be a good eat sleep list episode, right? The Chappelle show, uh, Ray Chappelle show skits. That'd be interesting. Um, getting some ideas up here, but, uh, but it was a massive hit after season one, just, just, uh, just blew up. Right. It, 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 it helped everybody. People knew who the hell Charlie Murphy was, um, you know, from this episode there was, there's, or from the show. You know what? You're right. Yeah. Uh, Charlie was, Murphy, rest in peace. Yes. Uh, R.I.P. Yeah, man, what a, I mean, obviously his brother is the more famous one that you know of, but gum, if he wasn't funny in his own right, how, oh man, what a special voice too. Like he just hasn't, he just had a very authentic sounding, just the sound, actual sound of his voice. Yeah. I can hear him talk about anything. Like it just, it, like it was just so great. And it's because of him that we get those great Rick James sketches. So. Yeah, yeah. This uh, do you have the behind sketches, the scenes? Do you have the behind the scenes for that one too, or no? Uh, you can go ahead and talk about it. You can go ahead and talk sure? about it. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. So, um, so I, Dave was saying that Charlie Murphy would would tell they'd have like lunch breaks on these work days, very long work days that became an issue, but, um, but he would just start telling stories about him growing up and hanging out with Eddie with all this stuff, and he told the Rick the Rick James story, and they're like, why don't we do more of this? That, like, uh, why don't we do this for skits? So he did it. Yeah, like the and... one where Prince beats yeah. them in basketball, which apparently <laughs> really legit happened. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, there's a very great interview where they actually ask Prince another rest in peace. Good gosh. Yes, I know. Uh, where they ask Prince, hey, did this happen? And he goes, yes, and it's not because I'm good at basketball. It's because Charlie's really bad at basketball. <laughs> <laughs> And that's like funny to hear because we all know how Prince was super like weird about interviews and just yeah. keeping to himself. You know, well, that's part, about that was yeah. part of the mystery of him. That's right. That really added to his mystique. I think we we, we did a weird Al Yankovic episode. We talked about how nobody was allowed to look at him and stuff like yeah. very, very conceited, but it's actually really funny on Prince's part. Um, but yeah, it, it's great. Uh, a massive contract, $55 million uh, to be exact, uh, plus uh, D- share of the DVD sales. And he d- it was a two-year extension. But um, but this is where the problem started to hit because after season two was great, season three came along and it started to affect his work. Like he would just be around. He talked about this in interviews and in stand-up comedy but or in, in his performances, but he'd be on stage just doing a show and people just keep yelling. I'm Rick James, bitch. And yeah, just yelling uh, quotes from the show at him when he's trying to do something else. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, I can, I can understand where it's like really annoying. Um, Did you ever see, uh, you're a wrestling fan. Uh, Did you ever see the video where that guy keeps chanting super dragon throughout a match? Then the wrestler beats him up or something like that. You ever no. seen that? No, I know you're talking. I've heard of it, but I've never seen he, it. He's legit. Like it's like a five. It's like five. It goes on forever. He goes Super Dragon, and it's just one guy just singing over and over again. And I think Super Dragon comes over and just starts beating the shit out of him. Like, I wish to do like, that. Legit. I wish to do that for everyone who does this. What chance? I know. I know. Uh, 
but yeah, it, so I get the frustration, and and that's when he's like, "I'm done." Um, well, I mean, it's a it's sort of a double edged sword because at some point, I, I mean, you hear plenty of people who have done something, and that's um, that is like the becomes pop culture, and that's what gets quoted at them when they're just out about in their day. You know, like they're at the airport or they're just trying to get a coffee or whatever it may be. And people come up to them and say that stuff. And I think the part of me is like, man, it's, it makes me feel good because actually, because I think I would dare say 99% of that is people just being pleasant. And Right. It's well intended, but it, yeah. it, it builds yeah. up. But when you're trying to do a job, like Chappelle is literally, that's his job is stand up comedy and he's trying to do it and it's kind of being undermined i mean don't get me started on hecklers i can't stand them but yeah. uh, uh it's just so it just makes it twice as hard I, I i don't his feelings on the Chappelle show is i think one of the most fascinating things uh of because it's probably what he's most known for yes and i think he's might be this is me obviously speaking for him i don't know just based on stuff i've heard him talk about interviews him and neil brennan who he did the show who created the show with him uh that they were really close friends uh and that show sort of changed that <laughs> yes so, it did it did sadly yeah it changed a lot of relationships uh but he had to make the best decision for him you know so to speak he just i get it dude like you i think everybody who's involved in art has felt this at some point or has some yeah. kind of creative outlet I felt it in pro wrestling. I just stopped showing up. I just disappeared because I just, it got too overwhelming. Um, you know, I, I've done it with podcasts. I mean, recently where I've just cut down on all the amount of stuff that I do because I just, I got overwhelmed Yeah, and it, it, it was mentally taxing. So I get it. I, I understood it. I was disappointed because, you know, obviously what he was putting out was, was great. His, his show was fan, like one of the best stand up again, or what best sketch comedy shows I've ever seen. And it just, it didn't work out, but yeah, I mean, it's really wild. To, that last season of Chappelle's show is also fascinating because they're all Chappelle show stuff, but he's not there. Right. Like he doesn't host it. You know, the other two seasons he hosts it. He's all over it, but in this one, it's not him hosting it. And it's just so wild. Yeah, it's it. It was awkward. It was very awkward. Very quick. It's only a couple episodes long, but yeah, they were contractually obligated and had to put out what they had. But yeah, so right in the middle, right in the middle of filming, he's just like, ah, I'm out of here. Well, you got also got to think too. That's just a weird place to be. There's a lot more pressure on you not only from a comedy standpoint but also just from a job standpoint a lot of people were kind of depending on him for their jobs yeah. you know not just the other actors that's that are true. on the show like that's a lot true. of production uh, production yeah. and all that kind of stuff so i mean that's that's also going to weigh on you i would think i'm sure it did and and honestly i, I give people like that credit um who can look at all that look at all those circumstances and say hey i've got to do this for me like i have to do this for me like yeah, i mental get health, it mental health we thankfully i think we're getting in a better place with with more accepting of people needing to take care of their mental health yes. but this is like early 2000s which was not a thing that was not the case you never did that if you were signed to a contract that as for as much as he was uh, making 
uh, you that was all that anybody contract. talked about was yep. that well he got that much money and then he quote unquote flaked out or whatever you want to say yeah that was the real uh, salt that was what most of the articles were about none of it was about the fact that maybe this dude was having some mental things going on yeah yeah that was it was the first time I noticed I really noticed something and I'm glad yeah. he did because and a lot of people followed suit uh, have followed suit since then um. When you can look at the world and tell them, I, I got to do this for me. Sorry, guys. Goodbye. Yeah, I mean, look at sports, right? I mean, me and you both love sports. And I remember uh, one of my favorite basketball players is Kevin Love. And like a couple years ago, he actually came out and said, I struggle with mental health. And yeah. it was a big deal because it was like that in sports, you know, like it's not something you talk about is the mental health aspect of things. Yeah. My favorite I mean, football player, Andrew Luck did it. Yeah. Yeah. Before football season started, he said, I can't do this anymore. I don't enjoy football anymore. The injuries, the rehab. I mean, Shawn Michaels did it. Let's go back to wrestling. He lost yeah. his smile. Remember? Yeah. <laughs> Famously says he lost his smile. He did. He did. Uh, Brock. I mean, if you look at Brock Lesnar, he became miserable left in his yeah. prime. Um, built up huge, disappeared, went to go on and do other things. So, I, I get it, and I'm happy when, when people can, again, look at all that stuff. But he disappeared, essentially. He went to Africa, came back, did interviews a little bit, but mostly stayed out of the spotlight until about 2013. He started to pop up. He announced a full-time uh, stand-up tour, which is really cool, in August of, uh, I almost said 013, of 2013. Um, as a headliner and he was doing a bunch of great skits and uh, and he, he he eventually got into his um uh he, back to doing stand up specials did a couple big ones made some appearances but he uh the big break was Netflix gave him uh or sorry he did election night in Saturday, on Saturday night live uh the night i think it was the weekend after uh, Trump won the election. He had a really great, like, well, uh, well thought out monologue that had people wondering and hoping. And I thought it was very based in in and uh, just thought and hope um, of what could be. And um, you know, he had this really great quote: "I'm wishing Donald Trump luck, and I'm going to give him a chance. And we, the historically disenfranchised, demand that he gives us one too." And I'm, I was, I was. It, it was just nice to hear um, somebody have a, a rational, you know, reaction to something maybe they didn't agree with. Yes. Yes. I think it's what we all would strive for, but you rarely seem to see mm-hmm. is that we uh, we're in an age now where if uh, if I tell you that I'm a certain side and you have me on the other side, then that's the end of the discussion. There's no discussion at all. There's no actual nuance. Uh, I'm pretty proud. Uh, I'm very hard on myself, but I'm very proud of the fact that I have friends all across the aisles of politics and I get along with them really great. And I actually love, I like to know, I think Chappelle is probably very similar in this. I like to know uh, if you think differently, differently than me, then why do you think that way? Cause that's how I also grow. Yeah. Is from that. So um, I've learned so much kind from of people. Out. Yes, I yeah. agree. I've learned so much from people who I don't agree with. Yeah, it's helped. It's helped change opinions, and and honestly, I, 
I'm grateful for people who I see in the climate uh, today. I'm really grateful for people who I don't agree with that stick around and are my friend anyways. So, yeah, yes, the same, same, um, you know, but but this was his big comeback. Netflix, they got a, 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 a sweet deal with him. Um, 20 million uh, per special. It was. Uh, I've been cranking them out, my friend. <laughs> oh my god! I think it was. Uh, it was a three stand-up comedy specials, uh, twenty million a piece, and I think it ended up. Um, I think he just wrapped it up the last one last year or something. But, um, but I mean, that's his life in a nutshell. He's been. I, I, I dare so say. I know the Chappelle Show was iconic, but his second act has has been uh, wonderful to see. Um, happy that I think he it's, found yeah, peace. I think it's fascinating. Really, I think his whole trajectory is very fascinating. And whenever we get a a documentary about him, which we most certainly will at some point, because his life is fascinating. Some point, uh, uh, side tangent, I guess, would be uh, documentaries have getting better and better. By the way, good lord, oh, I've yeah. seen some good ones. I've seen, I watch trailers for them now. <laughs> so much like there's a trailer for a new documentary about Michael J. Fox and I'm like, yep, sign me up. But uh uh it's just what a fascinating trajectory Chappelle and his life has been on. Obviously not without controversy. Uh, you know, even now with some of the jokes that he makes. Uh but you know, that's kind of and I'm not excusing it. If it if it's something that offends you, I, I get it. Yeah. Uh and you're allowed to be offended, uh, by the way. Just as he's allowed to offend you. So hundred percent. Uh, that's kind of how it goes. So, um, but yeah, that's his life in a nutshell. Of course, we the, the controversies. I'm sure if you really want to know, um, you can, you can find, find it out. E- easily find it. Yeah, but um, but that is it for his life, his history. Uh, let us go into Matt's stats. Now cocaine comes in a delicious shape. Red balls. It gives me wings. All right, for Matt's stats, it's hard to get statistics for individuals sometimes, um, especially one who disappeared for nine years or so. Um, there's not a lot. There's not a whole lot there, but I will go through some of his awards, um, which he has a considerable amount of, of acknowledgments, at least nominations, so to speak. Um, starting off with the Emmys, he's been nominated. For uh, it's see in 2004, out, nominated for Outstanding Variety Music or Comedy Series and uh, Outstanding Writing for a Variety Series, uh, Chappelle Show. He was nominated uh, but did not win. 2005, Outstanding Variety Music or Comedy Special uh, for his, his uh, stand up, Dave Chappelle, for what it's worth. He was nominated for that. Um, he got a bunch, man. He won a bunch when he came back. 2017, he got a he got he won, was nominated and won. Uh, for his uh, his appearance on Saturday Night Live, which is really cool. Um, 2018, he won three Emmys, Outstanding Variety rec- uh, Special pre-recorded for Dave Chappelle Equanimity. Um, and he also got, uh, as well as for Dave Chappelle's Sticks and Stones and uh, Outstanding Writing for a Special, uh, for a Variety Special. 2021, he won uh, another award for Saturday Night Live uh, appearance, which is really cool. But he's also been nominated for a bunch of other things. Uh, he had won three best comedy albums, 2018, 19, and 2020. Dave Chappelle, these are through the Grammys. 
uh, Dave Chappelle, The Age of Spin, Dave Chappelle, Equanimity and the Bird of Revelation, as well as Dave Chappelle, Sticks and Stones. Um, and he also won Best Comedy Album in 2023, which is Dave Chappelle, The Closer. He's been nominated for a bunch of other stuff. Um, but yeah, I think all in all, just to put his numbers all together, uh, he's been nominated for 36 different uh, awards, and he has won 13 of them. They're usually just popularity contests. I don't take too much stock in Emmy and Grammy awards, but as the artist to be recognized by your peers and to be, I, I mean, I guess if you want to say it that way, to be the most popular person to win that shiny trophy um, or whatever it may be, uh, it's got to feel really cool. And um, so, yeah. yeah. Mad Nostra Wedding on our uh, podcast award. Yeah, we, I, I, I know it. I'm hoping that Retropop doesn't get bought out by Endeavor either, but we'll see. <laughs> I hope it does. I want a payday. <laughs> <laughs> I'll sell out so fast. <laughs> I, I, I would too. Uh, in a heartbeat. I would I would do all sorts of weird stuff on this show um, <laughs> if I had to. If you, uh, thought, if you watched WrestleMania and you thought that that cinema toast emoji crutch thing <laughs> was way out of place, you, see, you ain't seen nothing yet. With retro pop. <laughs> um, the only other little statistic I looked up uh, Dave Chappelle's net worth, but he is worth $60 million. And I don't necessarily know. I don't think net worth means how much somebody has, but how much like their time yeah. in value is. So, And I usually think- those numbers are give or take hit or miss to there's not like the, the perfect like yeah. formula to figure that out. Just get, I think it's, I usually use that more as an idea of, Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He's worth like, like 60 million. I'm worth he's, like $5, but <laughs> I give you, no, you're 10, man. You're $10. You're Thanks, $10, buddy. man. Double that. I would give you a hundred dollars to exist right now. I'd give you 200. <laughs> All right. Easy, bro. The economy's tough. I can't keep one upping you if we keep going up high. <laughs> Love you, buddy. We're uh, we are going on to our next uh, segment, which is, of course, Johnny's. Did you know? Is Wayne Brady going to have to choke a bitch? I decided since I do consider the Chappelle Show one of the greatest sketch shows of ever. That I was going to focus on that for this. Uh, this is all accord- according to mentalfloss.com. It's a great website. I actually really like it a lot. Uh, but uh, uh, side note to Mental Floss, please fix your mobile stuff. These pop-ups are destroying me. <laughs> Can't take it. Uh, the Chappelle show itself was actually oddly influenced by uh, Playboy and Hugh Hefner. If you know anything about Playboy, they have these very infamous and famous Playboy parties. And uh, apparently there was a special that was on television. And it was uh, it was set up to be like a Hefner's Playboy parties. It kind of were trying to get on that train, I guess, is the best way to put it. And uh, on that party, they had musicians and comedians and stuff like that. And they're all trying to entertain Hugh Hefner and the bunnies. And... It, it, that Chappelle show said later that sort of weirdly inspired him and him and Anil Brennan, who he had uh, co-wrote with on his movie Half Baked, uh, decided, hey, maybe we can take this idea. And they started turning it into like a variety show 
type thing. And that's kind of the genesis of the Chappelle show is that. Of course, when you're talking about any of these shows or any of this kind of stuff, it's fascinating to see uh, who, uh, you know, what, how this show ended up on Comedy Central. And that's because uh, they apparently first tried to pitch this show, which I think would have worked on this network, HBO. And HBO was like, uh, no thanks. We don't want anything to do with this. But big, HBO's, big wolf. Yeah. yeah. I, that's one of my favorite things is when all these things that uh, are passed on and make them huge. <laughs> like, you know, famously, we talked about Home Alone on a previous episode, and that's another one of those, right? Oh, where yeah. literally one company was making it, and we're like, we're not going to do this anymore. It's getting too expensive. <laughs> and tried to pull the plug, and he's like, well, we'll just sell it to this other one. And then it made ridiculous money, so. Um. <laughs> <laughs> you hear about all that all the time. It's there's yeah. a, There were so many of those in pop culture, so many of those. Uh, there's a book that's about Saturday Night Live, and it's called Live from New York, The Complete Uncensored History of Saturday Night Live as told by its stars, writers, and guests. It's a long title, but honestly, it's a book I've read. I actually own it somewhere. It's very good. It's basically like an oral oral history of uh, Saturday Night Live, and it just has a lot of interviews with people, and they make comments and stuff about things. It's really, really fascinating. But they read that, and that gave them a lot of uh, ideas on how to actually write a sketch show. Because if you're going to write a sketch show, it's probably best to kind of look at the... The what most would consider the the granddaddy of all of them. Yeah, like, what's Saturday worked Live. and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. Um, I already said the Wayne Brady thing, but yeah, that's that's just always fascinating to me. The Wayne Brady thing, and I've never seen Wayne Brady like that either. That's like even when he he was interviewed and talked about talking about that segment, I was like, Jesus, man, Wayne Brady's like the happiest dude. Like, yeah, like. And to see him get like that dark, I thought I was watching like a DC movie from like the mid to 2010s. I was like, yes. what the, what is the, who are you? <laughs> yeah, I don't think people could realize now because he was, he had gotten big off of a little show called Who's Line Is It Anyway? Love that show. Which really took off. But then he also had his own show, like his own sort of talk show type thing. Yeah. And he just came off as like just this most happy, like everybody and your mom liked him type of person. And it was just so wild to see him in this new environment <laughs> and acting this way. And I kind of get it, right? Like anybody who's labeled safe, like you're glad you're labeled safe, but also you want people to show, hey, that's not all that I am. I have some edge to me. <laughs> and it was just really, it was just really great. That's why that sketch works so well. Is because it's Wayne Brady. Yes, yes, it <laughs> That's does. Why it works. That's why it works. Uh, if you notice on the show, there's always a shot of a guy doing the robot in the background. Yeah, uh, that is Carl Lake. Uh, we uh, apparently when they were trying to think of it, uh, they were like, "We thought it would be." This is a quote from Neil Brennan. We thought it would be funny if people were just bugging out to heighten the bug out. Carl Lake just started doing the robot. And it was so dumb that we decided to keep doing it, and it just becomes this thing. So literally, he's just doing this randomly, and you're like, that's so stupid. Please keep doing it. <laughs> Which is literally how uh, a lot of great things happen, I think. 
there's a long there's a long list of people because he'd also would always have uh, not only would it be like celebrities on there, there'd be like musical guests, and I mean we talked about Prince, but what about Little John, huh? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, Little John actually credits Chappelle show for really helping him get more popular. Because when that comes out, he's not a huge, huge name. But after that, his he exploded, right? Everybody's like, I want to talk about Lil John because he just stands out. So he's very thankful for for that. Uh Eddie Murphy really loved the show. Uh, which is which is, you know, if that's somebody like you said, he grew up thinking that Eddie Murphy was like this this great this greatness this is a an influence on me oh, and that person endorsement yeah yeah that would uh that would be like if uh somebody that that would be like if um andrew luck told matt that he liked our podcast oh man i tried to get him to come to my birthday party one time and uh not my birthday party it was my stag party because the colts had a bye week yeah. He, he never responded. One, because he doesn't have social media. And two, I'm sure my stag party is the last place he wanted to be at. Um, on, on, I, you know, but, uh, but I, you know what? Goodbye, Andrew Luck. I'm glad you retired. Yeah, take not, that, Andrew Luck. Not really. I miss winning stuff. Andrew out of luck. <laughs> I'm sure he's never heard that. I'm sure he hasn't. All right, so uh, actually, um, I'm going to end on this. Uh, Chappelle actually appeared on Oprah. Remember Oprah? That was she was huge for a long time. Yeah, uh, in 2006, and he was quoted as saying, "I felt in a lot of instances, I was deliberately being put through stress because when you're the you're a guy who generates money, people have a vested interest in controlling you." And I think that's that's true. That's very very it's, true. I mean, you're a money train for everybody, right? Yeah, there's a whole group of people that are making money off your backs. Uh, it, it happens in any workplace environment, um, in anything, but especially at that magnitude, at that level, the pressure to perform is insane and intense. So, yes, yes, it is. Yes. So that's the did you know for the Chappelle show? Let's get into where Dave Chappelle stands in pop culture today. <laughs> game <laughs> blouses all right so mr dave Chappelle uh is currently um kind of doing what he does best and uh and just going through the motions right he's 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 uh, I, i'm not sure he well, he obviously had a, a stand-up special uh very recently but again this career resurgence for him has been has only added to his legacy there's people who come back who it's like oh god please go away he was also in he had a small part in that god's really good movie it's got uh, bradley cooper and lady gaga in it what's that oh called? is it something in the stars or something like that a stars something like that yeah i'm blanking on the name it's a great great movie it's really good incredibly depressing yeah. but a really good movie and he has a small part in it and he is a, <laughs> he's really good so if he decides to continue pursuing acting i think he could he could destroy oh i'm sure he could essentially he's living his best life which is the most important thing you know i I heard he was showing up randomly at at condom comedy clubs 
and just just going. What is a condom clubs? Yeah, yeah, I I I show randomly at those. Hell yeah, that's my kind of party. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, Yeah, you got me on that one. I I mean, I'm I'm going to invite Andrew Luck to my next condom party. uh, He'll probably he'll probably be there faster um i could get brett far <laughs> <laughs> i don't even have to tell him about it. he'll just show up just tell him just tell him you're poor and you have excess money stashed away somewhere he'll be there <laughs> and nobody can trace it brett nobody will know <laughs> um but honestly again i think like his icon his most iconic work was obviously Chappelle's show i think but i i feel like this has been some of his best work in the second part of his career. Um, just more comedy that matters, a more adult style of comedy, and just doing stuff that that he likes. Um, he's going to be remembered as probably one of the greatest of this era, maybe one of the greatest of all time. You know, you can turn on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram, and you can always see a Chappelle show sketch popping up or some kind of quote uh, from some recent stand-up special that he's done. He's, you know, he's a legend and uh, in, at least in my eyes. And, uh, and I just, I, again, I like anybody who I like and respect anybody who puts himself out there in front of millions and upon billions of people and, and is a performing artist uh, or just, just anybody who puts themselves out in front of other people to be judged. Um, but especially one who had it all walked away from it on his own terms and then came back into it and has dealt with it better than he ever has before. Uh, that's a hero in my book. Uh, again, it's just, I've been going through it lately, uh, and I, it, you know, I obviously can't relate to the amount of money or how cool and popular Dave Chappelle is. But um, you kind of lose yourself in trying to please people, and you get pulled in a million different directions. So I, I, you know, and he knew when to cut it off, and knew when to ground himself, and knew. Uh, when to start doing stuff for him, and in my eyes, that I think it that makes him unforgettable, and in a world, in a you know, in a place full, of, a world full of celebrities that that do that game, they, they don't, they lose themselves in the process of money and fame. Uh, I think Chappelle stands out because of the way he's conducted himself. So, yeah, comedy is this weird, strange thing that when it comes to pop culture, we'll constantly change what we consider acceptable and not acceptable type of things. And we kind of skirted around the controversy, recent controversies with Chappelle. But the fact of the matter is the fact when he is doing these stand-up specials and they're making the news for whatever reason, positive or negative, it's making headlines. And that's telling me that he's still major part of of pop culture because if he was came back and nobody cares it you wouldn't hear about any of that so correct um so that's 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 one thing i will there's been plenty of comedians that i really really love who have made jokes that i didn't care for or they make jokes that i didn't personally find funny or they made jokes that (laughs) were even like uh were even like aimed at people like me like i'm a i'm a, a bearded white fat guy and there have been plenty of jokes about bearded white fat dudes and From the south 
From the South, yes, thank you for pointing that out, yeah. And I'm Southern on top of that. You just hear my voice and you're just automatically going to assume things. And I've I've decided that I'm going to take a, uh, when it comes to comedy, because this is because I love it so much. You can do whatever you feel is right for you. Yeah. But for me, uh, I'm going to take the whole thing and even if this one part kind of like, eh, I, as long as you're kind of doing everybody, it's not going to, I'm not going to care. And honestly, yeah. some of those jokes are very, very funny. I've heard plenty of jokes at my expense that I found very funny. In fact, I make them about myself. So, uh, but uh, if just throwing that out there, I didn't want people to listen to us and think that we skirted that. We are well aware of it. We know of it. And, oh, for sure. Yeah. And I think Matt kind of shares my feelings of as long as you're not hurting yourself or anybody, then you be you. Yes. You know. That's what we, I truly feel that. So, um, Dave Chappelle, I think will always be here. I'm very fascinated by what he's, what he decides to do next. Like, I'm really interested in that. Like, what's he going to go? Cause he's, no matter what you feel about him at the very least, he's a fascinating person. And I, he's one of those where I never quite know what he's thinking. Right. And I'm always fascinated to learn what he's thinking. So uh, I think he's going to be remembered for a long time, especially when it comes to the discussions of stand-up comedy and just comedy in general, and especially when it comes to sketch comedy, for better or for worse. When it, because I, I'm sure it's kind of a painful memory for him now. Yeah. But that show is a part of his legacy. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, and it's always going to be a part of it, uh, no matter <laughs> no matter what he does. And look how many people have tried to imitate it too since. Oh right? yeah, and he oh, rips yeah. out and he makes fun of Key and Peele. He's like, they stole my shit. <laughs> yeah. And by the way, Key and Peele is freaking fantastic. So. They do a really good job. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, uh, but yeah, that's what I think too. He's going to be around for a while, especially if you're a fan of comedy. The that name like him or not is definitely going to be a part of the discussion of a legend uh, when it comes to comedy for sure. And there it is. Everybody Our Dave Chappelle episode uh, is all done, all finished up. Uh, Johnny gets choice for next time in two weeks when we, uh, when we reconvene and record Johnny, who are you deciding on for your stand-up, your comedian? Oh, God. Uh, I'm in vacation mode already. Who are you yep. picking uh, as your comedian uh, topic for next time? Matt's already taken off. He's, I am. he's already out the door. I'm already in Tennessee. You deserve it, man. You deserve the vacation. Thanks, buddy. Uh, but let's, uh, I decided let's stay on this sketch show genius tour, and let's go with another person who... I really hold in high regard, and it man, what a tragedy too. Uh, but a sketch comedy legend uh, and a movie legend. He did movies and everything else, and I think he was just getting started. Uh, but, man, his own demons kind of got him. We're going to talk about, next time on Retro Pop, Chris Farley. Oh, very good. Very good. Love me some Chris Farley. I packed a lot into his short years on the oh, comedy yeah. scene. Well, we'll be recording it in two weeks in a van 
down by the the river. river. (laughs) (laughs) I look forward to it. Ladies and gentlemen, listeners, thank you so much uh, for your time as always. And uh, we'll talk to you in a couple weeks right here on Retropop. And Johnny Townsend didn't have to choke any bitches. Unity! (laughs) Ha, ha, ha.